So um, I've always been fascinated with kind of like facts. Um, kind of the fictional books has not really kind of been something that growing up was something I was really into. I used to love kind of sit, r flicking through the Guinness Book of Records annual that came out every, um, every year, that kind of stuff that was coming out. Um, I spoke about uh, the James Webb Telescope at Orbital um, last year, getting that whole sense of actually the, the, the sheer scale of the universe, understanding more about um, how science and technology allows us to see more of God's creation. And that Guinness Book of Records annual as well, I remember that I'd always turn to the page to look at, see if the tallest person still was the tallest person, the heaviest person, the greatest distances, you name it, it would make me think and visualize about the different records. And it's that fascination that still grabs me today. And a number of years ago, you know about this, I've shared this in the past, that uh, I was involved in doing um, drug education, which was just really kind of the emphasis of looking at how the human body is wired, how different organs are then affected by different substances, including alcohol, um, prescription meds, and so on and so on. And just looking at actually how incredible the human body is. And uh, a couple of years ago, I read a book by Bill Bryson. You might have heard of him in the sense of writing about his kind of journeys around the world. Um, quite a humorous guy. And he wrote a book called The Body. And the author makes it clear that they're, they're not a Christian. Uh, they don't believe that in, in creation. Yet he states so many times incredible facts about the human body that as I was reading it, I was scribbling under it, line, underlining, highlighting it, that about actually how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. And as I kept reading it, that was the phrase that I kept coming thinking, that is in scripture somewhere, and it is actually in Psalm 139, where it talks about, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my hope and prayer as we go through the rest of this morning this morning is to actually by the end of this morning, that you will have an increasingly sense of awe about our gracious, incredible God, our King of Kings, and the very fact that he knows everything about us and he loves us. And so if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, you've got a phone app, uh, even if you're looking at your phone, you can pretend to be looking at Scripture. Um, in Psalm 139, who knows these days what you can be looking at? Um, I'm just going to read out the chapter, and then what's going to happen, I'm just going to dip in, just highlight one or two bits, and then I just want to give you kind of a sense of God's creativity and about the very fact of how we've been brought together, designed um, by his great creativity. If it helps you as I'm reading out scripture, if you don't have the, the, the Bible in front of you, whatever, maybe just close your eyes and just dwell on this truth. But it starts like this. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought, which means intricately woven, in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. What a beautiful, incredible psalm. God knows everything about us. That first part of psalm should fill us with joy and thankfulness. We sang a song before about he's alive, and it's him that's made us alive in him. We should be in a sense of awe and a sense of joy of knowing that actually he is the one that's created us. So when we come and corporately worship together, if Dom says he's alive and we've been made in his image or whatever, and he, you might do that when you come up afterwards, actually, do we respond with a, oh yeah, that's good. Or do we respond with, yes, thank you, God. You are the one that knows everything about us. It also should fill us with fear. But I'm not talking about fear like if somebody's in an abusive relationship or a fear that you're scared and anxious and, and all those kind of negative things that comes with it. Now, this is a fear about being in reverence of God. There's a sense of knowing that he is holy, but it's him that's brought us into his family. And he knows absolutely everything about us. Our every thought, decision, conversation, action, you name it, God knows. Within that mind, you can't hide from his presence. Now that might scare you in some ways because you think, oh my goodness, what happened this week? God knows what happens. Or actually, no, I've got nothing to hide. I just love being in his presence. But you know that story in the Old Testament about Jonah? And Jonah tries to flee from God because God calls him to go to Nineveh to tell them that actually to repent. And, and that, that was Jonah's enemy. He didn't want to have anything to do with him. So he tried to run away and go in the opposite direction to Tarshish. As he did that, did God lose him? Not at all. God knew exactly where he was. And it's the same for you and I. Wherever we go, God knows where we are. We're never lost to God. And that should fill us with, um, rather than Jonah kind of fleeing, it should remind us and kind of know whatever situation or circumstance you're in today, whatever you're facing, whether it's a, an amazing thing that's going on in life right now, or there's trials and tribulations that you're going through, be reminded that God is always with you. And I know when we face challenges or difficulties, the, the thing that we want to do sometimes is to curl up like a hedgehog and just say, I want to, I want to say to the world, just stay out of this. I don't want anyone to be near me. But this is why gatherings like this on Sunday mornings are so, so important. Wednesdays or being part of a small group, being part of a youth group, whatever's going on is because actually we can have people around us that encourage us and build us up and remind us that God loves us, remind us that God's for us and remind us that God has never, ever lost you. Isn't that reassuring to know that God's for us? So it's important to know that God is with us wherever we go. 
And, and actually, he is our heavenly father. He, he is for us. He created us. So he knows every intricate mark, part of our, about us. And if you need any further clarification that God is for us, it says in the psalm, it goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you. I was made in secret and skillfully wrought together. Now, wrought is not a word I often kind of come across, um, but it, it means to be made in a specified way. And when actually you look at that meaning in Psalm 139, it, it actually says like it means an embroiderer, embroiderer, embroiderer. I've said it now, so I can't undo it now, or needlework. You've been intricately woven. Isn't that amazing? It's not like God's just going, oh, I'll just make that one, and I'll make that one. There's, there's, there's care, there's detail, and he takes time over you. If anybody ever says to you, you are an accident, or why are you even here? Those are lies. And God has brought you into this place and brought you into this room today because he knows everything about you and he encourages you and he wants to build you up. God is for you. And we see that from a spiritual side of knowing he's for us. But actually, when we start to talk about, about the physical, we get to verse 14, and this is what I want to pick up on, is actually, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. As technology continues and people delve into the science world, I know sometimes we, we hear people say that actually um, science and faith can't be together. That, that's rubbish. Okay, There's a lot of scientists that actually believe in Jesus. They are Christians. And actually what happens as science advances, like I said about the telescope, we're going to do something this morning a bit different. We're going to zoom in to you and I. Okay? Doesn't mean I've been paparazzi kind of hiding in bushes taking photos of you, all right? What I'm talking about here is the fact that actually God has intricately woven you together and it's miraculous that we are here today. And as technology does advance, it advances in knowing more about the human body. It starts to, to be able to actually magnify more onto detail of what's, how we're made. But there's still things we don't know. Okay, your liver has about 500 different functions, yet they say that's an estimation because they, they don't think they've understood it fully. Apparently, there's not a definitive answer why we sleep or we yawn. Okay, so there's still lots of mysteries that are still yet to be unpacked. But I love a bit of mystery. I love the fact we don't know everything. But I know and I'm confident that my God knows everything. And he is the great creator. I've got a little kind of, I say slideshow, that sounds really old, doesn't it? Um, just going to come on screen in a moment. I just want to say, because we're going to be talking on the human body, my experience is that some people automatically start to have kind of squeamish thoughts in their head when we talk about things like blood. Or I want to reassure you, I'm not showing you any graphic images. I'm not going to show you anything like that. And I tell you why, it's because I've had people faint on me before. <laughs> All right? College of FE, someone walked out the classroom saying they felt a little bit unwell. And we all kind of went, okay, just go and get some fresh air. The next thing we heard was a massive thud because the guy had fainted and smacked against the wall. He was all right. At the Rock last year, somebody, I've mentioned blood, they got really hot and flustered. And as they were walking out, they fainted and banged against the door. Okay, so please, please, at any point, 
if you feel that I feel a little bit faint, just tell the person next to you or raise your hand and I'll just lower it down a bit, all right? I just want to make sure that... Well, actually, we've got the prayer ministry team here today, haven't we? <laughs> so we could do that. That's fine. Um, Nathan, have you got um, be able to just bring on the screen just to kind of just see? Because I get excited about actually when we talk about God's creation, okay? And as we go through this morning, um, I will be talking about like the millions, billions, and trillions. And sometimes we just think, well, that's just a set of zeros after. Um, and it just becomes this kind of sense of we're not sure what's, uh, what that means anymore. So when we talk about millions, billions, and trillions, they are just these huge numbers that don't really mean anything to us. So for me, I need to unpack it a bit more to kind of understand what does that mean, because I'm quite a visual person. All right, so what we can do when we talk about millions, billions, and trillions, we can take, go back in time to measure, okay? So what I mean by that, so here we go. So a million seconds ago, how long ago was that? It was 11 and a half days ago. All right, so about a week and a half ago. All right, can you remember what you did a week and a half ago? Who can remember what they did this morning? <laughs> Who knows, okay? A billion seconds ago. Because it's getting really warm in here now. You can feel the heat generating from brain power. Okay, a billion seconds ago. It's 32 years ago. Okay, so for me, 1990, that's the Italian World Cup. That's why I remember, okay? Um, but if you are... If you're going to be 16 uh, this year, then uh, you're going to be celebrating your whole half a billion seconds birthday. So happy birthday for that. A trillion seconds. Okay. It's 32,000 years ago. Okay. So it's 29,000 something something BC. All right. So when we talk about this, when we're going to be addressing about the human body, we start to realize that actually God is the, the God of intricate detail, and nothing is beyond him. So let me give you an example, okay? Every second, your body makes a million red blood cells. That means during the length of our meeting here today, you've produced 5.4 billion red blood cells. They last for about four months, and then they get knackered and they die out, okay? That's what, what happens. But Every second that cycle is happening. That is beyond my thinking. I can't get my head around that when we talk about that. According to National Geographic, we have around 67 different species of bacteria in your belly button. Okay? But, is <laughs> that too much already, yeah? But I do wonder, I just suddenly thought this morning, I wonder if that depends if you've got an innie or outie as well. That, that takes into that that effect. But actually, when you, when you look at the detail, it takes about seven billion, 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 that's seven octillion atoms to make you. Okay? So they are mindless particles, but after all, without a single thought of notion between them, somehow for the length of your existence, they will build and maintain all the countless systems and structures necessary to keep you alive. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. DNA is a material that carries all the information about how we look and function. For instance, DNA determines such things as what color your eyes are, how your lungs work, and so on and so on. Each piece of information is carried on a different section of DNA. These sections are called genes, and one of the most remarkable parts of your DNA is that you have a meter of it packed 
into every cell. And so many cells that if you formed all the DNA in your body into a single fine strand, it would stretch 10 billion miles. That is beyond Pluto. There is enough for you to leave the solar system. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Are you getting why I get excited? The reason a meter of length of DNA can fit into a cell nucleus is that it's exquisitely thin. You would need 20 billion strands of DNA laid side by side to make the width of the finest human hair. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes can distinguish between two to seven and a half million colors. And every moment you're awake, you are taking about four snapshots a second. Okay, so you think of a camera when you, you hear a, like a photo burst. Every single second, you are taking about four photos. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Bill Bryson says this, hearing is another seriously underrated miracle. Okay, it's a non-Christian saying this is an underrated miracle. Imagine being given three tiny bones, some wisps of muscle and ligament, a delicate membrane and some nerve cells, and from them trying to fashion a device that can capture more or less a complete and impressive auditory experience from a soft and gentle whisper to the sounds of fireworks. Folks, we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And even your sense of smell is incredible. Even some of these guys involved with youth, they smell wonderful, and we can all pick up that beautiful scent of them, can't we? But actually, our sense of smell. Have you ever thought, how on earth does your brain record a smell? Whether I used to love when we used to go past Worry's Bakery and you have that smell of fresh bread, or we're still part of the, uh, the lovely Guernsey cesspit system that at seven o'clock on a Thursday morning, our cesspit lorry um, turns up. Chris, the guy that works there, is, likes to empty it, and then you get that nice waff of smell. Um, but actually, how is it that your brain can distinguish these different smells going on? And I don't know if you're like me, but I, I was, um, there's a particular smell where I have a sudden flashback to 1985 when I was on holiday with my family. And it's one where we'd stayed in a hotel, and, and it's, if I walk past a hotel, it only happens a few times in my lifetime so far, where there's a particular smell of food being cooked. And immediately, I don't have to think about it, immediately I have a flashback to when I was in Corfu in 1985. It's staggering. It's staggering how complicated and how wonderful we've been made. Although I wish the smell of cesspit was probably a little bit kind of reduced down, but, but actually when we think about the things that are around us constantly, that we, we kind of either touch, see, hear, and so on and so on, it's a fact that actually how we record all this that's going on. I'm only scratching at, at the surface when we're talking about the body. I, I, I could go on and on. But I just want to give you an insight about how we're made. And if you think sometimes I don't think anybody knows anything about me or where is God in all this, is God's created you. And if you believe God's created you, then you know that he's with you 
and he's for you. Just consider the billions and billions of instructions and actions your body is making every second of the day. And yet, the most extraordinary thing in the universe is in your head. That's your brain, just in case you're wondering what that, what that is, okay? Yet, it's 75 to 80% water, with the rest split mostly between fat and protein. Your brain churns through more information in 30 seconds than the Hubble telescope has processed in 30 years. A morsel of cortex, which is one cubic millimeter in size, about the size of a grain of sand, can hold 2,000 terabytes of information. I will explain that in a moment if you think that means nothing to me. Okay, the human brain is estimated to hold something in the order of 200 exabytes of information. Do you want me to help unpack that a little bit for you? Because you're thinking that means nothing to me whatsoever. Okay, here we go. So, in the world of computers, I am not a computer nerd, all right, and I know there are some in this room, okay? So, if I've got this wrong, speak to me afterwards, okay? Here we go. So, in the world of computer memory, we have things like bytes, kilobytes, megabytes, gigabytes, tetrabytes. There is then petrabytes, and then there are petabytes, I say petrabytes, petabytes, and then exabytes. Okay? You're all with me so far? Okay, that's good. I can see everyone is with me completely. Okay, so uh, kilobyte. Um, in 1982, um, Spectrum released their first uh, Spectrum ZX, which had 16 kilobytes of information. You used to have to put a little cassette tape in to load up the games, and it was very, very basic. A few years later, they let out a 128 kilobytes, okay? Now, again, for most of you, like, I never owned a Spectrum. I don't know what you're on about. But then we remember the old technically advanced floppy disk. Everyone with me about the floppy disk? Okay, that held 1.44 meg, okay, which we used to think was good storage, all right? On your camera phone, if you have a smartphone, your, your camera is, uh, I sent actually a photo the other day, and that was um, about six meg, all right? So the floppy disk would not be able to handle that whatsoever, okay? You need six floppy disks for that one image. Then we move on to gigabytes, and if you've got like a camera, um, then you've um, got a SD card, all right? SD card, they're, they're very, very small. They can hold lots and lots of gigabytes of information, all right? You with me? Phew. Then we go into terabytes. And the only way I can explain terabytes is that I know with a hard drive, terabytes is now used for things like lots of video footage, lots and lots of photos, and so on. So the storage just gets bigger and bigger. OK. When we get to exabytes, that is one quintillion bytes. So one exabytes is about 119 billion downloaded songs, which would take about 906,000 years for you to sit there and to listen to all of them. Five exabytes is, is something that people believe uh, has been documented that it could be the, all the words ever spoken by humankind. 15 exabytes is the total estimated data held by Google. Your brain is estimated to have 200 exabytes. I know what you're thinking. I couldn't even find my keys. 
this morning. All right. If you're like me, when I get introduced to someone like at church for the first time, hi, I'm Jeff, and I hear the name Jeff for a moment, and then the next second I'm going, I have no idea what his name is now. That's because you've got short-term memory and it hasn't moved to the long-term, okay? So, so actually, what happens though is when you start to break down, because my brain tries to figure out how my brain works and it makes my brain hurt how my brain works, all right? But, but know this, think about all the things that you did this morning to get here. If your alarm went off, you knew how to press the snooze button, all right? You knew what you like for breakfast. You know actually how to breathe. You know uh, so many things. You knew where Shiloh Church building is this morning. If you came in the car and you were driving, you knew everything about how to drive that car and you knew how to get here. You know, that's such a simple thing of how your brain records and it is the most complicated thing known to man. This is coming from unbelievers. These are people that don't believe there's even a God yet they will use the terminology like it's a miracle. Church, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. If it does anything this morning, I don't know about you, but it helps me to want to worship God more and to say thank you for the way that he's intricately brought us together. But the news gets better. How are we doing for time? Got a couple of minutes. I'm just talking to myself. Not only have we been fearfully and wonderfully made, we don't come to a God that has just kind of down tools and left us. Because if you believe in Jesus today, if you believe that he died and rose from the dead and he's ascended to be with his heavenly father, he promised to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God that lives in us and he is with us. So not only do we have the most incredible news of how we've been put together, we have the very presence of our creator with us. Wow. That is phenomenal. That actually we live now knowing that wherever we step, he is guiding us. He puts in our hearts things that, that, that he cares about. But there are so many people that are wandering around, that are blinded, that have no idea about actually how we came to be. You know that actually in life, people tend to have to fall into two camps. You have to either believe there is a creator or there isn't. I've got a smartphone here. It's mine, okay? If I was to tell you that this phone got together with lots of different parts, and it kind of formed itself over time, and it kind of connected all together, and actually it manages then to turn itself on, and then to run all the apps, and to, to actually then be able to communicate with other phones. If I was to go around and proclaim that, that, that actually that all came together by chance, apart from probably one or two conspiracy theorists, people would tell me, I'm crazy, and that's just a completely ridiculous way of thinking. Yet how many people believe that we came here by chance? That somehow, out of nothing, 
we've come to be like us. When you think about the atoms and the DNA, you think about the, the, how the blood's replicated every single second. How we think how all your organs not only work individually on their own, but actually they cooperate together perfectly. How the very fact that actually we have breath to be able to know, isn't it great that our brain has that automatic reaction to, to actually tell us to breathe? Because it'd be quite a lot of interruptions that as Dom was leading us in worship that every few moments he has to go, here I am, breathe, to worship, breathe. You know, we would kind of like, but isn't it incredible and phenomenal? We have all these things built in us. And Bill Bryson, I'm deliberately using someone that says, who's, who's a non-Christian, he says this about your brain, your brain. If that is not the most extraordinary thing in the universe, then we certainly have some wonders to find. Just let that sink in. We have internally the most incredible thing known to man. And then he also went on to say, we have become much better at extending life, but not necessarily better at extending quality of life. How many people around us are searching? How many people are trying to, to figure out how can I prolong my life? That's why the cosmetics industry is, is worth billions and billions of pounds each and every year. People are looking for ways to extend their lives. But church, we have the message of hope. We have the message of the great creator that created the heavens and the earth, that created you and I. The very fact we do not have to fear that, that actually when we leave this earth, that's not the end. It's the beginning. When we laid our lives down in the sense of giving our lives to Jesus, that death has taken place. We are now citizens of heaven. We're now citizens and belong to our heavenly father. And people around us are panicking. People around us are trying to figure out how to prolong life. Why? Why? We have the message of hope. And we have the message of Jesus to, to tell people that how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. But not only that, we have a, the, the loving creator is with us and for us wherever we step. And that offer is available to each and every one of us, to your neighbours, to people that live in the parish, the rest of the island, the world. We have the message, the good news that Jesus reigns and that he knows absolutely everything about us. What a loving heavenly father we have.